0: It's
1: recording right now. There she goes. There she goes. We missed our Lord of the Rings bit, our Jurassic Park bit. I know. God.
0: (laughs) At least we have you mentioning them recorded.
2: (laughs) Future historians will will know that there were those bits bits
3: at least. We won't have the primary sources. That's like fitting with a dinosaur thing, right? Because then the the scientists will reconstruct those jokes incorrectly. Oh, that's good. The other one will be like, that's... You you put the punchline at the start of the joke. That's right, and, yeah. and or there'll be things like you know, um, no that that bit belongs to a different joke. You just <laughs> yeah. you just kind of yeah. just kind of put that in. That joke originally had way more feathers.
2: It had legs. Yeah. <laughs> this
3: one
1: <laughs> <way It>
2: doesn't. None
3: of our jokes have legs. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Everyone, I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in. Wait, nope, sorry, wrong podcast. Where, where are we? Let me check my notes. Standing at seven foot two, weighing in at five hundred pounds. You're listening to the big show. Sh- wait, no, sorry, other, other, other podcast. All right, we'll get there in a sec. All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuck is? What the fuck, buddies, what the fucking? Is, wait, that's not even my podcast. I don't even know why I have that written down. Alright, here we go. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we normally talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to beat in the Triple J. Hottest 100, my name is David James Young. I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again,
3: Adam Buncher. Very sneaky cross-promotion. So I was fucking <laughs> fishing. Pl- come here, plug your shit. It's not your
2: time. Just imagining the people getting more and more disappointed. <laughs> yeah. We each step and it's like, oh, at least I'm listening to WTF. Oh, no. I've been bamboozled yet again. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's these idiots. idiots. Damn you, Maron. <laughs>
0: I know they cancelled glow, chill. It's all right.
1: <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> uh,
0: Andrew McDonald. Yes, that was me just talking there about Mark Maron and all of his wonderful <laughs> glows.
3: Are we good? <laughs> what, did, what did he do? like he cancelled the show Glow? No, no, it? no. no yeah, the, the show itself Netflix got cancelled that he glow. was a
0: star of. Was he in that? Yeah. He was a coach.
3: Was he? Yeah. yeah. Was he was he good? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. he was great. Okay. How was Alison Bree? Also good. Wonderful. You should watch the show. <laughs> Surprisingly good. Yeah, Andrew was like f- physically <laughs> upset <laughs>
1: that
0: I fucking asked that. Weirdly, I fell in love with her even more. That's so strange of me.
1: <laughs> and who could forget, last but certainly not least, Nathan Harrison. I think a lot of people could forget. Any one of us. Given enough time and
3: distractions. And it's almost been that. So <laughs> like...
2: There's probably some people that did forget,
1: like some of us, in this time. It's been a year. But- Guess what? We're all still here and so is this podcast. To celebrate our imminent return, we put a call out to our dear dear devoted supportive long-time fans. Mm. Simple transaction. Yeah. You leave us a five-star the the beloved, the sacred Five star review. The sacred text.
3: The only one that. They yeah,
1: use. as as Luke Skywalker, 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 Skywalker. The Disney deal is just really getting. <laughs> <integrated>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Luke Skywalker, Waka Waka. Uh,
3: that's a good joke. <laughs> Thank uh, you. It's yeah, really well done. It's got legs <laughs> <laughs> We got that one on tape.
1: Hell yeah, baby. Uh, but yes, in exchange for a five-star review, we are going to be reviewing songs specifically requested by fans of the show that gave us the aforementioned five-star reviews Yeah, there, was, that- there was a
3: tragedy, we lost, we lost all of our five-star reviews so Yeah, of course Got to get them back
1: When we were bought up by Disney,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> And this is the closest we'll actually get to like a telethon Yeah, really. basically
2: um, so far.
0: So far. Yeah. I mean, let's
2: not take that off the
0: table. <laughs> no, let's keep it firmly just, on the
3: table. No, no, no. Just an offer for a theme that we can lean into throughout the course of yeah, the yeah. episode, okay, should we okay. choose. Yeah. See how those reviews are going. How many are we up to, <laughs> Johnny? And it's the same amount because this it isn't takes happening. time to moderate them. <laughs> like, yeah. It just doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work at all.
1: So the twist is the song has to come from a year that Triple J's beloved. Uh, evening program Super Request was on the air, so any time from between nineteen ninety eight to twenty eleven, which was the years that uh, Rosie Beaton was hosting Super Request on Triple J. Did you, any of you mm. like get on the air or get get a request in on on Super Request? Because I was on a couple times. Yeah, I was on
0: once. Yeah, yeah. what
1: what you what you get in?
0: Prince was bucket bomb. Hell nice, yeah! Nice. Great yeah.
1: choice. Excellent choice. Mine was um. These walls don't lie which was a uh, song by a uh, Swedish rapper called Promo um, who I was a big 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 fan of back in like 2004
3: Do you spend much Promo now uh, it's and I'm been not a just while. talking about your podcast I'm Yeah yeah about- <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Yeah like I love that record the long distance runner he's also part of a crew over in Sweden called the Loop Troop rockers How many umlauts on Loop Troop <laughs> Sadly no no umlaut what on Loop tro- I know is going bullshit right on. I
3: know <laughs> It's bullshit
1: what about you? Like, I, I, I do, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah I, I did get in. When churches were just starting to break through. Ah, uh, yes. Um, didn't have the album out yet.
1: Oh, right. But so the, this would have just been when, like, was it Recover or Mother We Share?
3: I think it might have just been Gun.
1: Oh, that's my favourite song on yeah. that record. Yeah, I think I, I, love I, think that I, song.
3: I requested Gun. Just <laughs> <Great. laughs> <laughs> Which is funny to say. Nathan? Have you- I don't
2: think I did. I think because I didn't start listening to Triple J until, like, mid-high school or whatever. Yeah. And then because I started getting into punk, then Mm. I think I stopped
3: listening to anyone.
2: Well, no, I I, I got frustrated. It was like, oh, like most of the stuff that's getting played on Triple J is just not the stuff that I'm really interested in. Yeah. It's like, oh, super request. This is where the other stuff gets played. And then I just discovered that there are. Yet other types of music yeah. that's still not punk. Mm. That's still not what I was interested yeah. in. Yeah, you know.
0: But also, you had internet, so yeah. Yeah. Find, yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> just find a one twenty eight kilobyte rip of a Battle Legion bootleg and one twenty
1: eight. All right, yeah. bougie motherfucker. It was ninety six. Pop that, that into Winamp
0: yeah. with some nice
3: plugins. Hell yeah, dude! Now get we're a, Get a nice skin.
0: Get a really nice skin really nice on you know, this dude, man. Like, I always I, used, I the, uh, the oh, one. We talked
3: edgy. about old internet, Andrew's fucking on the green Sun head down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's like that meme of the grandma being little white that's like you like, but it's like, talking <laughs> about shockwave you, know, yeah, yeah, you, you know you know there used to be a music player that really whipped the llama's ass sure andrew
1: <laughs> <laughs> so from this point on we are going to be doing two episodes of four songs Uh, all of which have been requested by supporters slash fans of the show. So uh, just at the start, want to say a big thank you to everyone that has left a review and gotten behind this silly idea of ours. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, interesting little mixed bag of songs to talk about across both episodes. So... I don't know. I don't think we should waste a second more. No. I think we should we should kick right in. Okay. Uh, our first request comes from Ryan and he wants to hear us talk about Regina Spector's cover of Real Love. With her version of Real Love Which is uh, one of the final Officially released Beatles songs Which came out back in 1995 Wow Yeah, yeah, yeah so It was it was Beatles, not just Lennon on his own Well, uh, Lennon originally The Beatles original- yeah. uh, recorded it Based yeah. off John Lennon's demos right. Yeah, so the surviving Beatles
3: Recorded it together in the mid-90s I, I bet it, Lennon wasn't one of the surviving Beatles At that point Come on, man <laughs> I don't you, le- you, Listen, you, you, listen you, you, I don't know you. what order
1: the Beatles stopped. There's only been two. <laughs> it was John. Yeah, I don't know which one came first.
0: <laughs> John. I it think- was
1: John in 1980. <laughs> well, I know that now.
2: <laughs> I think the term surviving Beatles implies at least one of them has died. So uh-huh. John
0: has never been a surviving <laughs> Beatle. <laughs> But they they did the same thing with um it was this and it was it free as a free bird free as a bird yeah. is the other one yeah people, yeah yeah so,
3: look people know too much about the Beatles I'm here to balance that out <laughs> a little bit by not knowing enough <laughs> all right okay
1: <laughs> John Lennon sped? <Respect>. <laughs>
3: I actually, no, just while you were speaking that as well, I was like, oh yeah, there are two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, uh, tragically, we did lose George Harrison in 2001.
3: Oh, well, but, you know, but maybe it's not McCartney. I know about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, that's why it's just Ringo
0: and Pete Best. <laughs> yes, the, <other> two surviving <laughs> the Beatles. actual surviving Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best of the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that LP, yeah, you'd know this. Yeah. That great, uh it was a Pete Best, like, his, his record, like, oh, yeah. he was with Unreal. some record label and, like, the height of the Beatles' fame, they got some of his earlier recordings and released them as like Tiny Text Pete Best of the Beatles. Good <laughs> on him. Yeah. yeah, it's a baller move. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If
2: your name's Pete
0: Best, you got to lean really into
2: it. Few people were as close to being in the Beatles
1: as Pete Best.
0: Because
2: <laughs> they,
1: there was the the Quarry Man.
3: Was that the other? That was the
1: original name of the Beatles. Yeah, yeah.
3: Th- okay, right. So, did we all hear that? Did mm. I knew the, that thing? Well done, yes. You
0: didn't know
1: John Lennon was dead?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he Grant's was like, shot. <laughs> It'd be a great, great bit to be like, wait, so y- you know who Mark David Chapman is, <laughs> but you didn't know John Lennon was dead? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: know him from his other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> from
0: wings and... <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know him from his harsh critique of Catcher in the Y. <laughs> Or did he not like that Or do you like it too much I don't know man <laughs> If you read a book And then it makes you go And kill a dude <laughs> you Did you like the book Or <laughs> hate the book <laughs> A dude not related to the book <laughs>
1: I mean not a, not At least they're way. not a fence sitter Like yeah. Yeah. feeling some yeah. Strong yeah. way One yeah, way or yeah, the other Yeah It wasn't
0: a seven at least Yeah
3: Jamie you know? yeah.
0: is <laughs> J- 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 like Look any response Is a good response <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad The conversation's still going Yeah yeah
3: so, this was recorded by the three remaining pre wingers. Yeah. Yes, indeed. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Same one. I mean, I get, yeah. yeah. At,
0: at the time, they were the surviving Beatles, yes. But based on um, some of Lennon's original demo recordings, yes. Yes,
1: back in 1979 and early 1980, which was the year, sadly, we lost John Lennon. Uh, Very but sad. Gained a lot in Catcher in the Rye uh-huh. yeah.
2: discourse. Uh, discourse. Stonks. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, I think that was part of the reason that I read it. Yeah. I thought it was fine. Seven out of ten. Mm. <laughs> Didn't make me want to do anything much. Just love,
0: <laughs> lo- love the way he catches all that right. <laughs>
3: yeah. He's very good at it. Whole grains are... Um, are important. You were just moaning about whole grains in the car here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was moaning about how agricultural monoculture is not the best way to encourage gut biodiversity. Oh, uh, he's always monoculture. <laughs> oh shit! Look out! Just eat something other than bread. Just eat bread, but also not bread. It's, that's that's it's, all. It's called a sandwich. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it has bread and not bread. That's the toast sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <It's bread>.
1: Good <laughs> God. Uh oh. Anyway, uh, 12 years after this song was officially released, uh, the Divine Ms. Regina Spectre recorded a cover of this song uh, for a, uh, a charity compilation called Instant Karma, uh, which was a Amnesty International-approved... Uh, a uh, compilation album of John Lennon covers. Mm. Now, if 2020 has taught us anything, not everyone should be covering John Lennon. <laughs> looking at you Gal Gadot and looking at you oh. fucking Will Ferrell and oh, fucking yeah. Kristen Wiig and whoever Celebs. the fuck else, <laughs> yeah, whoever the fuck else <laughs> thought that was a good idea. Also looking at every other like Oh, look how clever I am, motherfucker, who thought it would be a good idea to cover Isolation by John Lennon. Like, it's
3: on the fucking nose. Do you know how many, how many covers of Imagine are actually on that CD? It is a double CD, and they did manage to put Imagine on both discs. And then, yeah. on the iTunes um, bonus digital version or whatever, they managed to sneak another version of Imagine in on that.
1: I will so. give you guys 500 bucks if you can pick the two artists on this compilation album. That
3: did the Imagine covers. Well, I looked it up earlier, so I'm just going to see the process, but I haven't got there yet, so I'm still in the game. I'm going to guess it was recorded in what? This is 2007. 2007, right? Yeah.
0: I shall guess it was Gotye and Rob Zombie. (laughs) (laughs) And the the second cover was by. I was wondering whether it
3: was a theme situation.
2: (laughs) I'm gonna go Bob Geldof, uh huh, and Bob Marley.
1: <laughs> Bob Marley's dead.
2: What? <laughs> but if this is Amnesty, maybe this isn't as like cringy as Band Aid stuff. Mm. Oh, Bono, he would do it. Yeah, he shouldn't though. I want to say like Robin Williams or something. What? Okay, or okay. Robbie Williams. Robin really? <laughs> <I was hoping laughs> Williams is <It's> dead.
1: dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's like, oh, imagine! No, 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 no! Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> imagine there's no heaven. Oh, oh, oh. Let's <laughs> well,
3: tribute to the late great. There, and <laughs> you heard about this? <laughs> oh my god! If someone leaves a five star review, can they get a full version of you doing that? Yeah. yeah, sure. yeah. yeah <laughs> okay, there you go. will we'll do it we'll as pull a... up, we'll pull yeah. up There we the go. Track. There, there we, we go. We've just made a pledge. Yeah, this yeah. this is the telethon thing. Again. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay two covers of Imagine <laughs> Who was right? Which one of us was right? <laughs> one of them was done by Avril Lavigne Ah who, Of course uh, Who right? also had a big hit in 2007 called uh, Boyfriend If you'll remember that Of course And the other was by Jack Johnson
0: Ah Yeah yes. in, in many ways the male Avril Lavigne <laughs>
1: Yeah for sure <laughs> He was a surfer boy She yeah, said see a yeah. loafer boy <laughs> <laughs> so in amidst all of these
3: tracks, uh, oh Bono was there by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. You two, you, can, they you two, it. Yeah, you two yeah.
1: did the title track. They covered oh, right. Instant Instant, Instant karma. karma,
3: very good song. Yeah, great Instant track. Karma. They got him out of the way because <laughs> they knew he had to be there. Gone. It was Amnesty International, yeah. like yeah, covering yeah,
0: yeah. John Lennon songs. Bono's
3: Bono's, yeah. like, oh yeah. He posted <laughs> he on that right thread in the first, yeah.
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. Just saying first. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Just Bono's like
3: first.
1: Lol. Uh, my boys, REM—the uh, classic lineup of REM actually reunited for this. Mm. So Bill Berry recorded with them for the first time in almost a decade. Uh, Big and rich, Jackson Brown, Yosun Nador, who we've talked about on this mm-hmm. podcast, an alum, Green Day, Black Eyed Peas, Dan yep. Harper, Snow Patrol, Mattis Yahoo, oh, the Poster Service, absolute dude, yeah, the Flaming Lips, uh, and yeah, it closes with uh, Regina Spector was,
0: it, was this recorded specifically for that Obviously. Yes, it was
1: um, uh, but uh, yeah it was oh. also performed uh, live in the studio on Triple J right. uh, which is why this song became very popular here this is one of those rare instances where a cover of a of a John Lennon slash Beatles song has like a particular version has eclipsed the original like basically the only other one I can really think of is Joe Cocker's version of With a Little Help from." My Friends, yeah, where, like, right. it's so good, though. It's yeah, real good. Right? Oh, yeah, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, taking this, like, jaunty Ringo-led song to this mm. fucking blues waltz oh. that just fucking brings the house down, you know? And similarly, like, I like the original just fine. It's a, it's a lovely version, but, like, what Regina does here is just so perfect. Like, she's always had that perfectly fragile and vulnerable voice, and mm. it's so distinctive and instantly recognisable. She has just such a great approach to this song, you know, just really stripping it back and getting to the emotional core of the thing. She could have had a yesterday situation where she, like, got famous off this song and everyone's mm. just like, wow, this is incredible. Do you write this? And just like, yeah, yeah, I wrote this song. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, a lot of people I know, like, know this song and just like, oh, that's a cover? Mm. Like, I had no mm. idea. You Fully, know?
3: yeah, she yeah. owns it. And I can also believe that a lot of people got into Regina Spector through this song or yeah. alternatively had written Regina Spector off aside from this song. Yeah, mm. sure. What year was this?
1: Uh, 2007. So Begin, begin to, hope, to Hope. Begin that to was Hope had come out. That was, when, that was
0: when Samson came out, yeah?
1: So yeah. Samson's on that record. Um, yeah. Fidelity is on that record. Yeah. Uh, better? Th- is, um, yep. Yeah, Better on the radio. Like yep. some... Some big, huge
3: hits, yeah. big, yeah, like it's so, it's a solid record. Like, yeah, a, that's, a lot that's still was one released. of my
1: favorite uh, records of hers for sure.
3: I remember being into it yeah. when it was first released. Like, oh yeah, that yeah, was yeah, a yeah, huge J album. J the
1: shit out of that record too. And I yeah, think, yeah.
3: like, also the thing that was so great about that record is that it presented a really accessible, clean, sharp way into the kind of indie aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was very yeah. much the pop-sensible mm. version of that. So, like, me as, like a, as a blossoming indie kid or whatever who was, you know, just starting to discover all of all of the, that whole world, right? Here's Regina Specter and it kind of comes ready-made. But at the same time, I think th- th- her aesthetic and the reason that I say that I reckon there were some people who probably liked this song and didn't quite like her other work is i think she also tended very much towards the whole this is kind of a loaded term to use but i think it's kind of appropriate but like a manic pixie dream girl oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah or this like or like i real my favorite movie is amelie kind of thing to say it like that now is to say it out of context because in yeah. the time like to say like oh yeah like you know it, it her music sounds like the movie amelie would have been just a, a, a warm statement. Yeah, for you. Because it was all well, that time.
0: Well, but like, everything that becomes cliche, right, the original things aren't that bad. Like, I think I think Emily is a gorgeous movie. It's yeah. very sweet and funny and, like, it looks beautiful. Oh, absolutely. Um, and likewise... Regina Spektor's music not that I'm super familiar with it but the stuff that I've heard I think she's a fucking brilliant songwriter yeah. and her voice David you were so right so fragile that like on this song and in her original material as well there's that, there's that sense that like she always sounds like she's like four minutes away from crying oh my god mm. yeah 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 which, which makes the music so fucking emotional like I mentioned yeah. the Samson before which I like I've cried listening to Samson before that oh song is god, so fucking it, beautiful it is oh a fucking
1: very powerful song
0: so the, again right so Adam the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope only is sucky because it's been used so many fucking times.
3: And, went, and the discourse is kind the of. The discourse like, sucks. It dug, like, a little, dug a little further into it. Of and, course, right? And, like, know, like yeah. what's it I
0: called? Like um, it. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, or um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 50, 50 Days of
3: Summer? 50, 40. 500. 500. Uh, 500 days of summer, too baby. That's too many. Anyway. <laughs> days, man. It's a long summer.
2: <laughs> 50 days is like less than summer. Yeah. That's a, right. There's normally more. more. Yeah. Right. Well, you know.
0: That would be a short summer. Well, going forward, we will, we will all get have to get used to having
3: 500 days of summer. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt's dead? <laughs> 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 you know, but like on that, like the aesthetic of it, I have this strong memory of this friend of mine in high school who was like, you know, typical kind of guy in a in a sports... Listened to metal almost at the time, and I had this vivid memory of him talking about Regina Spector, who he really got into, against all odds, and saying like, "Ah, oh man, she just makes me want to put Polaroids up in my room. And this cut. is like cut. a blokey bloke saying a statement like that, and I, I think there's something to be said about Regina Spector at that time. Yeah. Totally really cut through. But this is gorgeous, and
2: exactly like, I think, if you didn't know, like this just is a quintessential... Regina Spector's song, like for everything like the sparseness of the piano and the way her voice just kind With of like lilts, and, lilts yeah. around the lines. Like she's- Yeah. And then you go back and listen to the Beatles version and it's like there's so much more structure to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's less delicate and less dynamic. And you're like,
3: this this version is incredible. John Lennon's songwriting in particular I think is very good for this. It's just the, yeah. the, the simplicity of it all. And even like the way that the lyrics, what they're trying to express is done so- simply and that's that's a sign of craft is you can distill everything down you can express it not using any flowery language or whatever just very simple statements but when you give that to someone as expressive as regina specter all of a sudden she can really make that live in a certain way and the the thing that gets me about the performance of this is very much just how effortlessly and masterfully she swells the dynamics and then Mm -hmm. brings it back and the push and pull through there and it's incredibly subtle but it's just like that's it's virtuosic yeah for sure yeah,
0: yeah it's a fucking beautiful cover man Like i've heard this before this cover but I, I don't think until prepping for this i'd actually heard the beatles version mm-hmm. going back to the beatles one it was just like oh man like you guys really wrote this for regina specter to right, perform yeah, it, yeah, yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, so fucking well done man we've all said it but like if you didn't know it was a cover you'd be like that's a great regina specter song and
3: totally. it is but yeah, like,
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah
3: the other thing about this that is like I get the most out of um, is because the context of when this came out just being a teenager and hearing a song about love yeah. shit like that hits different when you're a teenager Oh right? for sure and, and you, you engage with it in a level of sincerity and you get on board with it and you, and you feel the feelings there and it's like in a lot of ways I don't think I'd really experienced any feelings of love at the age when I discovered this song so in many ways it kind of shaped what mm. I thought love felt like Or if I was kind of, those kind of feelings were starting to emerge in some ways, like this amplified that. Mm. So it it very much fed into the real emotional landscape that I felt as a teenager in a very, very powerful and affecting way. And I think the song will always be really endearing to me because of that. And like going back and listening to it now made me reflect upon that. And that was kind of lovely and nice. And I think because Regina brings a kind of like naivety and immediacy to it, like I feel like her performance is close to that teenage idea of love, whereas I think like Lennon, you know, and this is kind of beautiful as well. When he was writing it, was very much someone who had written a lot about love already, and was trying to, kind of, you know, bring a little uh, coda or, or a little distillation mm-hmm. of everything that he had thought about love before in the, in in this song. Um, so to have the the comparison between like that intention with Lennon wrote it, writing it and uh, and Regina in performing it, and then myself kind of like. As the intermediary between that. Mm. It's kind of really nice. Really I've like often that.
0: said you're harper between John Lennon and Regina Spector. <laughs> yeah, You have said that a lot. Yeah. 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 Indeed, um, indeed. It's so interesting when you said about how Lennon obviously wrote a lot about love and you particularly like with the really early Beatles material. Like yeah. you go back and compare how like you're right that the simplicity of these lyrics and everything like that. It's similar to like it's like, it's the Hemingway approach to writing, right? You just parse it down to its bare structure. Mm. Um, but like you compare how elegantly done this song is compared to, like, obviously they're trying to serve for different purposes, but compared to, this to say, like, Love Me Do. It's just like it worlds apart and how much his songwriting has grown.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Just circling back for a sec. Ernest Hemingway's dead. Our next request comes from Sean, and he has asked us to check out Trans Ending by. Sea Bellies. Uh, As requested by Sean That is the track Trends ending Adam Hi uh, we are we are in floor tom indie era, my friends yes. Yeah, we are oh, right in the sweet zone uh, uh, right. This is yeah. where it got The V-necks are, are very deep The deep Vs yeah, are there the, the deep V, but you've got <laughs>
3: an ironic um, necklace oh, like, a, yeah. like a little harmonica Everyone or something Everyone has a scarf for some reason <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm wearing a scarf and a L- floppy beanie and A lot of telecasters And I have lot a lot of telecasters on. Um, Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Oh, so t- tellies. tellies So man. many tellies Yeah Yeah <laughs> um, I cannot believe this was requested. I like I was floored when I saw the request for this. You hate through. it that much? <laughs> no, I mean this is your catcher in the rye. <laughs> I really thought that this was a song that I knew and very few people knew, and I loved and very few people loved.
1: I knew the name Sea Bellies because yep. like they played around a fair bit for like. Good solid two years there. Yeah,
3: so they're a Newcastle band uh, formed in 2006. There is a there was a brother duo um, right. inside there. They really took off around the, this this era 2010 when this was released yeah. and with the release of their debut album from Limbo Lake, they got three songs on high rotation on Triple J from that album. Yeah right, nothing um, to be sneezed at. Developed also quite a reputation for themselves for some some very kind of dynamic live shows, which unfortunately I didn't get a chance to to kind of witness at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Again, um, that were just one of those names I saw on posters a lot, where it's just like, oh mm. yeah, those guys are playing again. So I'm piecing together a lot here because, like, I I am not myself a primary source when it comes to the Sea Bellies, and and yeah. being an Australian band at that time, there isn't a whole heap around. But um, I know that their debut. Despite the fact I only formed in two thousand and six, I think they they started being active quite, um, quite immediately. Yeah. So yeah. there was still, despite the fact, so you're only looking at four years to the debut. There was still quite a lot of anticipation. Yeah, um, like and how they had EPs and singles and all that sort of shit. And people yeah. were just kind of going, "Where's the album?" Where you know, like, and I I think we start to get a picture of the band from that point on as being a band that was incredibly ambitious. Yeah. And also, you know, just like wanting to do things their kind of way, yeah. Um, which and they did have another album after from Limbo Lake, but I don't think it really kind of did as much as, yeah, as yeah, Limbo yeah, Lake yeah, did. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I knew of Limbo Lake, and I didn't, or from Limbo Lake, and I didn't, I didn't know um, anything else that they they kind of done from there. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but let me put it this way: if we were still doing this podcast and and covering the year twenty ten, um, in our fucking fifties, uh, I would. This would probably be my postal vote for that year. This would probably be the the remix, my remix submission. That's a massive call. Well, uh, get ready for another one. This would easily make it into a shortlist for my favourite one of my favourite Australian songs of all time Yeah, for I, real I friggin' adore this But I mean, like, of course I would, right? You guys mm. know what my music taste is like And look at just what you've got You've got tremolo guitars So technically it's a black metal song yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got, like, high white boy vocals Tick Like, the the, the opening lyrics is Come alive, come alive It's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that's like, You know what? I think I will <laughs> <laughs> Then you have that fucking moment, right? where everything drops away and all of a sudden here come like an, an amazingly joyous horn section. And a, and a section of the song that to me is just like one of the purest embodiments of the kind of communal joy that the, that era of indie really represented. That's the closest I ever got to a scene and it wasn't ever anything that I experienced kind of live but I rallied around that style of music and I think that like it lent itself so much to that kind of communal vibe that I still felt like I was a part of something when I listened to Arcade Fire or when I listened to, to something like this yeah. and that moment that, that, that Seabellies put together in that in that song and, and the build up to it is of course an essential part of that it communicates that as well as any other indie song for your, your broken social scenes, your Arcade Fires all of them, all of the great names I think that that hits it with, with a purity that I think rivals any of them. So it's just really knocking on the head, something that I love in music, maybe above everything else. I think this is an absolutely remarkable song. It's joyous and explosive and bright and uh, optimistic and communal yeah. and all those kinds of things, man.
1: You know what this brought me back to? This is a, a comparison you'll appreciate considering we're in the same year, same wheelhouse parades. Absolutely parades. Yeah. Absolutely parades. This huge, amazing Technicolor fucking daydream of a record. And yeah. like, this is
3: in a very similar wheelhouse. And listen, from Limbo Lake, for people who who heard this and, and really enjoyed it, is well worth the listen.
1: This is new for me because like, again, like I knew the name, but I'd never really kind of put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. And... I feel kind of dumb, man, because, like, hearing this, I'm just like, oh, man, I should have been in on the fucking ground floor when this shit was popping off, man. Like, if I could have seen these guys back in the day at, like, the Harp Hotel or at, like, the Oxford Art Factory or something like that, like, that would have been real fucking sick, man. I really, really dug this, the vibrancy and the tone and just uh, the arrangement, like, everything just comes together so, so nicely. This is really, really cool. Yeah, all right. that's
0: the indie darlings out of the way?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's let's throw to the boys who are best known for
0: fucking hard rock.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, hard rock station now, guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know. It's no ACDC, but
3: <laughs> um, but you got if you're going to talk like that, we're going to have to call you Macca. Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mac Yeah, it's yeah, hey. it's Macca and the N word. <laughs> it's my name. Yeah. <laughs> I, this was absolutely new to me, like zero surprise. I was like enjoying it, but then when those horns came in, like because when we were prepping this, you said oh, I can't always talk about this song, yeah. And when the, those horns came in, I'm like, oh, that's why he wanted to talk about it. Mm. This is such a fucking Adam Bates song, it's man. So like, it yeah. so is that stuff you said about indie rock, about the communal aspect of it all and it all coming together, kind of thing. And it works not only in the sense that so many of the bands, the members come and go, they pop in and out, kind of mm. thing. Like mm. it's like like you mentioned Broken Social Scene, who I love. And like how like their lineup is just a amalgamus whoever's around to record kind of thing like that. And like yep. when they recorded their most recent record, like there's a feist pops up on a track, and it's just oh, like cool. well, True. feist yeah. was
3: everywhere on uh, her early work as yeah, well. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so like
0: down. hearing that, like when, like that like, communal aspect of indie rock is such an appealing thing. And you think as well yep. with um, like to go back a bit a little bit earlier, but like um. Milk Hotel and all of like the Elephant Six label—they're all intermingling all the time. Exactly. Um, yeah. But hearing this was like, oh yeah, man! I forgot that this was a fucking moment. You you wouldn't hear it and be like, when when that song's from? You'd be like, that song's from about
3: two thousand and seven, two thousand and eleven. That's yeah, when yeah, it's yeah. from. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's why. That's why I love it. Yeah. That's why I also loved. You mentioned the the most recent Broken Social Scene album. I think that's like. The, the album with the most recent release date That captures the spirit of that Dude I love that mm. album man it's, That's They nailed it yeah. it's yeah, really I It was underrated Yeah Really underrated in the yeah. year That came out um, So yeah this is like This is not entirely
0: like my Like I kind of think that I would ever go to But like I, It's the kind of thing that I'm just like these guys should have been fucking big, man. For how well they do this song at the time that they were yeah, doing it, it's like this. They should have been like on the cover of NME in the UK, and it was just like Australia's
3: answer to Arcade Fire, kind of thing like that. They should have had that kind of shit going. I'm on I'm not there. disagreeing. I think I think this is one of the finest cuts of indie of the indie sound of that time. Mm. And I know exactly why someone was passionate about requesting this because it's the kind of song that when you when you hear it and you love it you can only assume that other people haven't heard it and will love it, and you want to trumpet that out. It would, Mm. Oh, yeah.
0: And also, it'd be so obvious to be in the countdown as well, right? Yeah,
2: I'd never heard it either. But even, like, listening to it and, like, absolutely, like, when the, the horns kick in, it's so, yeah, it's so bright. It's so surprising and lovely. But I had, like, a palpable feeling of, like, being in my car in, like, 2009, uni. I was never, like into that scene but just through uni like I knew so many people that were like that was always one step away I was listening to Arcade Fire and 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 all the bands like that but like I had like a physical like memory of of what it was like to be that age driving like at night in my car that you know I'd only got my peas a couple of years beforehand or whatever and like it was huge there's something about that all those tones and, and that that vibe that's just like it's it's a time capsule but for sure. It's this is like this song is such a beautiful example of of that style and that moment for everyone.
3: And as much as you wanna give it to everyone, you want to show everyone, there is a special thing that I think this song occupies for me because I still there are so few undiscovered gems. That you have, like, in the majority of stuff that I listen to, it's it's widely acclaimed. I'm not going to shock anyone by saying, like, hey, you know, Blonde by Frank Ocean's really good. <laughs> <laughs> you heard about this? Um, and yet, this is one of those one of those mm. bands that I don't need to reach to like it. I don't need yeah. to try too hard to have something that not many people have heard. That's actually only okay, but you're holding on to it like it's something incredible because no one else has heard of it. Mm. This is this is amazing and, and I loved it from the second I heard it. And it also has that that added dimension to me that it's not something that everyone knows. So yeah,
0: it's one of those tracks that like you can safely recommend it to somebody. If someone's like, yeah, man, like you forgot it in People. It's just one of my favorite records of all time. And you'd be like, I have got a fucking song for you, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, you
3: got the ox cord with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just yeah. fang us that ox cord yeah.
0: and i you know. Better not play trash.
3: <laughs> Mate. <laughs> Mate. Next minute, the, the entire back seat has a horn section. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our
1: next request comes from Spencer, who wants us to talk about Anarchy Means I Litter by Atom and his package.
3: I got a patch I got a That was Atom
1: and his package with the track "Anarchy Means I Litter." Andrew, David, hey!
3: (laughs) It's good to see you again. It's nice. Everyone listening, just brushing a tear. And it's it's like the weird thing we had in ISO It was like Andrew, David. No, no, you go. No, no, you you go. go, go. go. (laughs) Marco.
2: It's a good bit now that like everyone's out of the house again to say no, you go in person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Or in the middle of someone talking, going no, 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 you're muted. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Or just start jacking off at work. <laughs>
3: Speaking of jacking off, mm. uh, packages. Yes. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, Adam. Adam and his package is um just a one man band. Adam Gorin is his name.
3: Oh, do you um, reckon that's like because I was commenting earlier about the. The atom, atom mm. thing, because you you were all saying it with a, yeah. with, a with a soft T. <laughs> it sounded very much like I was being implicated. Do you want me to do it with a glottal stop instead. <laughs> try try atom. it just for me now. Atom,
0: atom, atom. A's package.
3: <laughs> I yeah, I, I like that. At- yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I do In like it. that.
0: The best one is when you realise that like you do that subconsciously with certain things. Like um, what? Like the glottal you, stop. You just get Cockney subconsciously. You you do when, like, when
2: I say Goreblimey Governor, I get really Cockney. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Who is Robin the sidekick to? batman <laughs> you, you didn't fucking say <laughs> that. that's how you say batman you say batman don't you i say, you? Bat- I say batman. batman no you say batman nope. and then you realize no. you're cockney no i've never yeah. done that yeah batman okay right
3: <laughs> you must not have heard me talk about batman <laughs>
0: <laughs> adam and his package is a one-man band um from Ro- britain bro- isn't it? yeah <laughs> from made by for uh, adam goran um he's just, it's just him and a synthesizer those are the titular and, and the package. Oh, um, that's where the package, yeah. Mm, yeah. Cool. Um, he's been making this kind of electro synth pop-punk stuff kind of since the early 2000s, I think, maybe the late 90s even. He stopped for quite a while for a number of reasons. I believe, unless I'm getting this wrong, he went into being a chemist or something or like a, like a, like a, a science kind of guy. He was diagnosed with... Some sort of diabetes. Type 1 diabetes. Type, type 1 diabetes. Yeah. And being an independent musician and living in the shithole country that is America. He didn't have any health care, so he had to stop doing the thing he liked and get a job, which was the fate we all live, obviously. Yeah, so he stopped for a while, but now I believe he's back at it now and he's, he's in another band, I believe, the man Adam Goran. I
3: say he's still making stuff to like now. Not as now, Adam now. and his
0: package, but he's in a band, I believe. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's um, Yeah, but this track, um, I'm not super familiar with Adam and his package. I've heard a few of their tracks, or his tracks rather, but I did know this song because. It's a funny name. There's a Tism song. Yeah, they brought up Tism. Yeah, woo. (laughs) Five star, five star, five star. Um, Tism track called Anarchy Man's Crossing when it says don't walk and the name's similar. I'm like, I'll take this track out. And I've always thought it was pretty fucking fun. I have an inherent kind of fondness for the cheesiness that is one person or like two person synth punk bands. There's a charm that goes with that. That like the idea that you're obviously not going to be making punk rock, punk rock. Um... In that way, even though, actually, fun fact, the first band who were ever referred to as punk rock music was Suicide, who were a synthesizer duo. That is a fun fact. Mm. Yeah. They were a great band. Those first two records fucking slap. I just have a fondness for that kind of weird one person making silly punky stuff while they're kind of just like making beats next to them on the stage kind of thing like that. There's a charm yeah. with that. And like also, like as much as this song is kind of obviously making light of the fact of what kind of like anarchist posers, there is something actually, I think, genuine punk rock to repeatedly say going to drop trash on you. Like, <laughs> yeah. that is fucking punk rock, to, to, to drop trash on, like, a dickhead or, like, a rich guy. And I think that's fucking cool. And none of the Adam and his package stuff that I've heard is trying to do anything more than just be a fun time. Mm. And I had a fun time with this song, and I can so see it being in Triple J rotation as well. Like it's totally. totally. Little, yeah.
2: I know Adam um, from uh, Punkaramas. Yeah, yeah. He's like like a, a few Punkaramas, like, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and just... Those sort of punk compilations. Oh, sure. That's, sure. You know, Punkorama, there would be a new Punkorama every year. Yeah, put a pin um, in that. We'll come back to it. We do. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, were they put out by Epitaph? Yeah, that was yeah. Epitaph and yeah. Then yeah. Fat. Fat had fat. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fat music had, for fat people and stuff. Yeah, yeah. all those
2: ones. Um, but you're right. Like, it's just super fun. It also reminds me of, um, I think we saw them together at the Oxford
0: Tavern. The punk group. The punk group. One of the greatest underappreciated joke bands of all time. It was
2: just right. two, two dudes wearing matching like all black with a, a baseball cap doing like synthy, punky songs
0: yeah. about rainbows. And yeah, the members in the band of the punk group are named The Model and Sex Object after, <laughs> after, t- after two Kraftwerk songs. And I believe they're, they're both, I think they're like Portland-based queers. Heaps of their songs are just like anti-Christian, like to the point of ridiculousness that you couldn't take it as an actual critique of religion or anything <laughs> and like talking about how gay they are. And
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, Adam and his package is super similar to the punk group. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: but it's great. This is fun. It's clever. Like it's very, you know, I, I've never seen Adam uh, <laughs> perform live, but like that would just be a really fun gig, I think. Yeah, man, I enjoy.
1: It, this is great. Dude up on stage just with the like a laptop synth thing. Like... For me, like this reminded me of MC Lars. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I see it. I see it. Just the sardonic side and, you know, the kind of very obvious humor, but, you know, still like with a bit of flow to it and like a bit of energy and that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, kind of a similar vibe to. What MC Lars was doing back in the day, uh, oh boy. yeah, like this is its own kind of nerdcore in a way, yeah, and yeah. It, it's kind of endearing, and and I do appreciate stuff similar to this, like like early bomb the music industry. Stuff that uh, Jeff Rosenstock's been doing, the YMC Lars stuff as well. Like I've traveled nearby to this Mm. to this area, but I've never really stopped in this area long. This was still fun though. Like uh, I I still I still enjoyed hearing it, and yeah, like
3: I I got a couple laughs out of it. So yeah, it's still a worthwhile endeavor. See, for me, like it was doing the math, and I'm pretty sure it's the wrong way to do this equation, but I still think it checks out. Like, it's still a complete equation. It's just not the way that you, you solve it. Mm-hmm. Is I looked at this and I went, oh, right. So there's that prevailing bedroom indie aesthetic that's kind of getting started. And this is just the punk version of that. This is punk for the Postal Service generation. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm begin- I, I, and I think that stands up as, you know, like, as a historian, if I'm trying to put the dinosaur together. <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not how that dinosaur had actually evolved. I think I'm drawing some wrong conclusions there.
2: I, I think that's, I think it's a case of convergent evolution um, <laughs> because, because like Adam came from the punk scene, like, you know, yes. Adam and his package yes. came when his punk band kind of disintegrated or whatever. And he wanted to just keep making music himself. Yeah. But I think that's just like sort of arriving at a, at a sort of equivalent point just in a different way. Yeah. 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 But even just like the lyrics are like, you know, if, if you're making fun of people who are like asking for better work conditions you're a fuckhead. Like, you know, if you're stealing from like small shops and thinking that's rebellion in any way, you're a moron. Like that's that's, right. It's right. That's good politics. Like that's better punk than half of the, like the frenetic punk bands that are playing at this time. I think the
3: punk is solid. Like I I think the title um, line, Oh, I get it. Anarchy means that you litter (laughs) is is brilliant. And I like you guys brought up tism earlier, but if you didn't, I was going to say like, uh, this is, I'm not a, I'm not a, big TISM guy, but oh, this is throwing cool. me some... Well, you know, I'm, I, this was throwing me some TISM vibes. For sure, yeah. for um, sure. And I didn't know whether I, I was overstepping it to say, hey, is this similar to... Because I'm not the authority, but... Um, well,
0: uh, not just uh, TISM, but uh, actually there's a link to a different, also great Melbourne band, Yidcore. Yidcore, terrific Jewish punk band from Melbourne, um, started off doing exclusively punk rock covers of traditional Hebrew language songs, which were very fun, ended up running some of their originals. I uh, got a legal cease and desist letter from Adam Sandler. Broke up in 2007. The whole thing you want from a career. Um, what, well, Adam um, Sandler ended Yidcore? No, 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 no. Adam a, Sandler. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he <laughs> sent them a cease and desist letter earlier in their career because they did a version they of They
3: did the um, Everyone Have Some Phonica. It's yeah. time yeah. for Hanukkah. Yeah, they did the punk rock
0: Hanukkah song. Right. Kicks ass. So yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, they on their last record, um, the terrifically underrated 2007 record, They Tried to Kill Us. They Failed. Let's Eat. Has a song on there called Happy New Year, Atom, because the singer and now acclaimed and brilliant novelist, Bram Presser, uh, is friends with Atom. Yeah, and the eponymous package. And
3: um, he's met the package. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, because like,
0: <laughs> th- th- they met because like, I guess they're both like Jews in punk rock. Well, actually, in, in the punk rock Hanukkah song, uh, one of the very first lyrics in there, the lyrics are If you feel like the only punk without a Christmas tree, here's little of people who are Jewish just like you and me. Uh... The next lyric is Adam's package. Got the eighth day slice. Excellent. Great. Oh, Love I it. Miss Yidkor so much. Yeah. Yeah, they have a song, Happy New Year, Atom, which uh, it's about the real life friendship that Bram Presser has with Adam Goran because Adam lives in the US and Bram lives in Melbourne. So Bram sees the New Year roll in before Adam does. Oh. And every year, for like, as far as I know, it's been over a decade, they get on like a chat client and then Bram tells him what it's like in the future. <laughs>
3: That's so it's old. so sweet. It's such that's a sweet, so great so, bit, man. That's such a good, yeah. Bit. I love it. Yeah, yeah, love, love that. that. So but yeah,
0: I, and I think that kind of sweetness in its own way exemplifies what Adamy's package does, right? It's this silly, dorky thing that if you lean into it, you're like, ah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. but it's
3: still got the like. Even musically, I think it carries the punk energy. Yeah, like definitely. There's, there's yeah. punk riffs in there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's and it's so jaunty and whatever, and it's so left of center as well. Like it, it but it doesn't give you time to stop. And think about what's happening before you're already singing it. Yeah. And totally. before you're already, it's just like mm. straight through. Mm. Um, and it's great. And then the more you think about it, it turns out, no, it's fine. You didn't need to freak out to begin with. And if you did have more time to think about it, you would still probably like it. Um, <laughs> it's probably okay. It's probably <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably, probably great. Ha ha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Our final request comes from Michael, who wanted us to talk about the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Psst. yeah yeah yes with the song maps from the album fever to tell uh you are probably wondering wait this didn't get in the hottest 100 this song widely regarded as one of the biggest and most important songs of the 2000s didn't get in the hottest 100 no no it did not my friends nathan what's your relationship with the yeah, yeah, yeahs, and and then what's your relationship with MAPS in particular?
2: I think I, I came to them probably in uni, so like definitely like five, six years after this. Even then like MAPS kind of
1: had some weight behind it. It's a song with a reputation definitely
2: precedes it. Absolutely, yeah. So I think I kind of came to it with that legacy or whatever. Yeah, and, like, listen to a bunch of yeah, yeah, yeahs. It's wild that this didn't get in. Yeah, in right. Because when, when it was requested, I was like, oh, I guess we're just going to talk about it early and that's fine. But mm.
3: there was a famous, like, a version? Uh, Camp, Camp Cope. Yeah,
1: Camp Cope covered it for, like, a version right. in 2016.
3: And that yeah. also didn't get in? No. What's going yeah. on? That was a really nice cover too.
2: So, I mean, obviously, yeah, this song is huge and, and amazing. Coming back to it now and, and, like, you know, listening to it and, having, and really thinking about it, like... There's a sort of quiet radicalness to it. Like when that yeah, mm-hmm. chorus starts, it's it's so small for such like an anthemic idea and, and moment. And, and it certainly builds to that. But even when it starts and it's this small thing, there's such a like intimacy in that moment.
3: This is the, this is what I, I really realized when I came to this song. And it's something I've talked about in relation to music um, before, particularly sad songs, right? Is that you can have representational and then you can have presentational you can have a song that it's like made by a depressed person and it's exactly the kind of song a depressed person would make but you can also have a song that's just trying to represent the feeling of what it's like to be depressed this is not trying to represent heartbreak Mm -hmm. this is a heartbroken person writing a heartbroken song and and singing it in a heartbroken way i think if Carano was trying to sing this song as a heartbreak song it wouldn't be as low. It wouldn't be mm. as high. It sounds like it's really hard to sing it. Like, she, Karen O is incredibly theatrical in her voice. Whether or not you're seeing her on stage, you listen to, to Fever to Tell. She's everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's all these little ad-libs going in there. She's going, mm. "screwed" and all that. But, like, <laughs> there's none of that <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, that's
1: literally the hook of Day with the Night." Cha, <laughs> cha, 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 cha. Yeah, yeah
3: exactly. Dab, skrp. Drip. That's good. All of that. But here, like, it's too close because this was this was real for her. That she was writing this about her boyfriend at the time and the long distance relationship that they had. Angus Andrew from the band Liars. Yeah. Oh. Uh in fact many people think, not officially confirmed, that uh, MAPS, M A P S, is actually an acronym standing for My Angus, please stay. Which is gives you feels to say. <laughs> Yeah, Well, that Um, also
1: ties into the song's music video. It's a very simple video. It's a video within a video. They're on set. They're set up to film a music video. And the video is the music video formats being filmed. It's a picture within a picture. But there's something about the performance that really just takes you away, right? There's the... The reactions of the crew, everyone just standing around and kind of nodding along to the song. Watching Brian Chase, who is, like, one of the best drummers in indie rock of the last 10, 20, probably even 30 years. Like, he leads the charge on this song, obviously. Apart from that opening uh, guitar loop, his drums are the first thing you hear and they drive the song. Mm. Watching Nick Zinner just kind of... Shimmering away, kind of dancing in the corner, like kicking into overdrive when that riff kicks in. Mm. And, of course, you focus in for a little moments on Karen. And there's a moment, there's an instrumental break, and she just holds out the mic, and one solitary tear runs down her face. Mm. It's one of the defining shots of 2000s music.
3: Well, you know that that wasn't acting either, right? A- Angus was supposed to show up to that, yeah, to that, to that recording, to that filming. Ooh.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: Ooh. yeah.
3: And, and I-, was- I think he-, he came later, but he was late, and like and she was just
2: about to leave on tour as well. So like yeah. it was like you have to come today, yeah. otherwise I don't see you. Oh, and oh, like, mm.
3: just it's all there. The other thing that I think does a lot of carrying in the song is the room, the space between the tracks. It was very raw and very
1: primitive. There were uh, vocals, guitar, and drums. That's everything that you hear. Nick sets up that loop at the start. Tremolo. It's a black metal song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, it's it's a black metal song. Then he'll just add in the lead over that. And hearing lead guitar with no rhythm behind it is such an interesting... Prospect as well Yeah But also when it kicks into the... It's, it's huge. huge And
3: that's where the emotion Of the song comes from Yeah It's yeah, the yeah. instruments Carrying the intensity But also like In terms of what I was saying About it being separated If you're trying to convey a song About separation And yeah. about isolation Having these individual Like instruments Sounding as if they could be Played in different states Yeah Yeah Totally Not even in the same room Like yeah. it, it conveys It conveys it so well for all that, it's an incredibly simple song.
0: Lyrically, it really follows the um, Iggy Pop's cornflakes contest method of songwriting, i.e., in 12 words or less. Yeah. And it's, it's just so much more powerful for that. When you realize that it is just the same kind of lyrics repeated a few times, like it's a real a torch song. It's the kind of love song where you are just holding your love light for somebody despite the fact that, like, it's not going well or they're leaving you, but you just are still like. No, I'll stay, please, please, kind of thing like that. Like you please stay with me, like just that kind of a plea. And just, and just her just continually saying, wait, they don't love you like I do.
3: Like- uh, mm. Which was taken from an actual email that she sent as well. That's, a, that's, a, that's uh, that that's you know. that that's fucking Why are you tragic, on tour, man. man. These people playing to these crowds. These crowds no. do not love you like I love you. That's just tragic, man. It's brave of her to
0: have A written the song. B, yeah. B mm-hmm. shown it to the other yeah yeah yeahs and been like <laughs> So how are things going with Angus then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and then to be able to perform it and then release it as a single, like she obviously knows her songwriting craft. It's good enough that it's able yeah. to be enjoyed. They're all as a remarkable song. musicians. Oh, absolutely, like, like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, They've adapted and changed and evolved over their you know twenty years as a band, and, but it always comes back to maps. You know, this is yeah. a, this is a real crowning achievement. Not only was this you know voted in in several decade-end lists, but uh, this also had its own impact on pop music. Yeah. Uh, so this song was used as one of the blueprints and key inspirations uh, for a, uh, a little ditty known as Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. Uh, so, really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The again and again, when her vocals kick off do there. Do and do. Now, oh, down wow. Now, okay. now, that was one of the blueprints um, and like key inspirations for Max Martin and, and co-working on, on that track. Now, about a decade on from that, uh, Ezra Koenig, uh, the lead singer of Vampire Weekend, wrote a tweet where he, th- he was just like, wouldn't it be funny if the hook of MAPS was, hole up, they don't love you like I love you.
3: That tweet... <laughs> Twitter is hard.
1: You You scoff at that. But that literal tweet was then lifted and turned into the hook of Hold Up by Beyonce. On lemonade, oh my which God. made it into the hottest 100, so technically <laughs> this <laughs> song did, in a roundabout way, make it into the hottest 100. And fuck, it
3: took the a Yeah, long yeah way Yeahs around.
1: got a writing credit for that song, Ayy. as did Ezra Kane. <laughs> 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 to be fair, Koenig did write the lyric. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking tight. Uh, uh,
3: you want to? Look- even when you said that, when you said "Hold up, they don't love you like I love you," I just went, <laughs> "That sounds familiar."
1: Yeah, yeah, and That, and that that's yeah. why. That yeah. is why. Just for bizarre bonus points, the air horn on that song was played by Father John Misty. Excellent. Yeah? <laughs> because why not?
3: Very good. Well, because no one else could like, yeah, like he did. Yeah, exactly. You know?
1: <laughs> so whether it's like a, a conscious or a subconscious thing, like Maps has just been a part of this ongoing legacy.
3: Okay, you know how I said about how Regina Spektor reflected and also informed my relationship to love yeah i think this song did the same thing when, in regards to heartbreak the, Yeah, the, the, wow. the, the other side
0: of the relationship <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. is
3: this is a generation's breakup song definitive oh hondo definitive P, breakup song
1: yeah for real you know for real. and
3: I, I discovered it at, again at a, at a similar time it was like late high school Ooh. early uni yeah um so like the the emotional landscape was rife for it. Um, oh, man. And it, and it just came in and, and fit that role immaculately well. Yeah, so.
0: man. It's lucky that a woman sings this because if a dude was singing it, it's pretty, like, incel-y. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't, don't anyone get the idea of, like, doing the dancing on your own? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this it's it's 100%, 100% already happened. Yeah, well, this has been mm. covered a bunch. Of, like yeah. The White Stripes covered this. Anderson Pack covered it. Well, well if the a, White Stripes I'd... did it, it'd be fine. Yeah. yeah. If
3: Anderson Pack did it, it'd be, yeah. like, those guys can do whatever <laughs> yeah. they want. Really. Yeah. Anderson Pack can literally do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah he'll he do whatever yeah. he wants. He's, he's the, the man. But I can't imagine him ever being sad. He's just, he's just sunny. Yeah. Good time. Is it a party, he's, man? It's just Anderson, yeah, he's man. Anderson. Park, like.
0: But obviously, this song is just fucking beautiful and so sad. I, I, I don't. I don't often listen to it because it's just. It's just sad, man. <laughs> like and I got enough. You, sad. you
3: famous hater was, of sad yeah, things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but obviously, a very fucking beautiful song.
0: Fucking like negative words about this song? Are you kidding me? It's objectively <laughs> fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. a beautiful yeah. sad song. Yeah. Rolling
3: Stone, one of the greatest 500 songs ever written of all time. Yeah. NME, uh, number five in best songs of the 2000s. Yeah.
0: p k got it like in the teens as well somewhere I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you would. As, like, as you would. What That's Are
3: you going to not put it there? Yeah. Who do you
0: think a, you are? The whole 100 voting public. <laughs> Yeah Very weird Took a bit too long For them to
3: pick up in Australia They
1: came to Australia For Do you guys remember Livid Festival? Mm.
2: Yeah yeah
3: Yeah I think it was 2000 It's not how you say vivid
1: (laughs) 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 Batsman. Yeah famously uh, Karen broke her leg On that tour And did the remaining dates Rocking out in a wheelchair So Mm. fucking Respect for like Keeping the show going Yeah (laughs) That brings us to the end of part one of the Super Request edition of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you very, very much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you.
3: And it's not too late as well. Uh, if you would like to make a pledge for a five star <laughs> yeah. review, pledge now. Pledge, pledge now. We pledge, will. Pledge, pledge, p- a pledge. pledge of five
0: stars or more will get you a personalized recording of Andrew doing, what did I say I was gonna do? Robin Williams <laughs> voice <laughs> as John Lennon's Imagine. Yeah, that's yeah. so first,
3: first person to claim that gets yeah. that, unfortunately. And um, don't R- let that putch, R- don't let that Be sure to remind Andrew about this because he will <laughs> forget. Yeah. Unless you don't want it, in which case, as you were. Yeah.
0: What fuck of voice are we doing? <laughs> the, the, the telethon voice. It's getting, getting different. Is it? Uh, Kramer from the movie photo episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Why you the... just tell me the movie you'd like to see? <laughs>
3: Anyway, but if you want to do the do thing, we, oh, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I don't know. I'm, I was just kind of speaking for everyone there, but I'm, yeah. I'm down to do some more requests.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. If in. we get enough for a part three, we will absolutely
3: do a part three. Because, you know, like it's worth saying it is a telethon and it is for a good cause. Yes, we, it's for a great cause. We have not as many five stars as we had. We need more five stars. Yeah. Do your children
0: grow up in a world where when they find our podcast on iTunes, there's only a handful of five-star reviews? Like, Listen, it used to you be... Can really you imagine the heartbreak that that child's eyes will see when it turns around and says, Papa, I thought this was the best podcast. <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry, son. The simps weren't simping hard enough. For <laughs> don't the, call for them the simps. Yeah, our fans are simps. Don't. Our fans are simps <laughs> no, for, for the hottest no. E-boys in town. They're all
3: SOBs. I'm not, I refuse to... I'm not going to go on record and say that I'm an E-boy. I need more time with that. You can't
0: see, but Adam is pulling the Ahigao face. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I have been the whole time. Yeah, yeah of course. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Just the way my eyes
0: and tongue work. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Good night, Australia. Oh, pledge hell. early, pledge off.
1: On behalf of Miss Adam Buncher, Batman.
3: <laughs> behalf- I think it's funny when you do the, the soft uh, second syllables or mm. Batman.
1: I, oh, you're a Batman, <laughs> I am. That's, that's yeah.
3: what I'm going to say. Mr. Andrew McDonald. Good
1: night. And Mr. Nathan Harrison. Bye. My name is David James Young. Five-star reviews are good for us and you